And we're back. We've done it. We've returned. The dead speak, Kevin. The dead speak. <laughs> Somehow, Ammonite Movie Night has returned. It's Ammonite Inc., Kevin Jared. <laughs> Hello, Kevin. How how have you been this, these past uh, two weeks? Well, um, just busy beyond anything you could imagine, and then also extremely not busy. It was one or the other. Um let me tell you, I got started getting into the John Waters movies. I saw that. Yeah. How have you been how have you been doing? Um, you know, they're all I feel you can say equally it. about all of them, which is that <laughs> they're blanket awesome, but they are almost unbearable. <laughs> oh god, yes. Oh dear lord, yes. Um the last one I watched uh, was Desperate Living last night. Which is we're coming up now on polyester, which is his big filth swing or so I've heard mm-hmm. into more of a mainstream feeling movie, and I've seen clips and it it is dramatic. The difference between uh, all of his movies going upward is pretty dramatic. Um, mm. Desperate Living's all right. It's it's probably my least favorite of the ones that I've seen, but mm-hmm. again, we have a long ways to go. Um, friend of the show, Brandon Yu, has these, you know, every month he picks a director and he watches all their stuff. And he got all of Cronenberg done in 28 days, and I didn't get shit. Oh. <laughs> I just I just want to say, watching a month of Cronenberg sounds like a, a little bit of, you know, mind poison. Not in a bad way, but just, you know, <laughs> your, bra- your brain is replaced by the black orb after a while. It seems like a lot. Well, you know, there's give, that. Give a uh, kudos, Brandon. You kudos. <laughs> he goes down into the depths for Crash, and he comes back up making these kind of conventional drama movies, um, mm-hmm. which I actually haven't seen any of those. So who am I? Um, hey, they might be really, really, really good. In any case, so John Waters. So far, I love all his stuff. I have to say, um, but it's not something that you know. Um, I'm not gonna like tell you to go out but i said this in one of my reviews i'm pretty sure it was um pretty sure it was pink flamingos like hey look if you haven't heard of this movie before you're hearing me talk about it keep scrolling go away <laughs> you don't want and you won't want any of this john waters is you just when you get to john waters you already know what you're getting into like, no one sits down and says, hey, let's watch a John Waters film, unless that friend is very, very funny. Unless that movie is Rob Marshall's Hairspray. Yes. Which is not a John Waters movie at all, but rather... Um, I'm curious about the original Hairspray, because I only know mm-hmm. the musical, and it's the sanitization of Waters sanitizing himself. So, mm. I'm curious about how that'll play. Hmm. Uh, do him. Do them back to back. Do the Waters one and then the whomever directed the newer one. I want to say it's Rob Marshall, but I also don't want to create the noise to edit out to type to be sure. Very fair. Uh, we'll just say Rob Marshall for right now. God bless him. What else did I do? Oh, I went to The Godfather on Saturday in Dolby Vision or whatever. Yeah, didn't you see it in like mega beautiful big screen side of a barn? <laughs> <Eye candy. laughs> yeah so the 4k remaster comes out in a few weeks for the 50th anniversary of the godfather because it is time and Bad sentence scary sentence yeah it's scary and uh 
they screened it in Dolby Vision, which looked great. You know, um, over the years, they haven't artificially brightened the movie. So it is still as dark as ever. You can't see Perfect. anybody's eyes unless you're Michael in Act One. And then it's just a guessing mm. game for the rest. It's curious. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if that's a literary tact used by Francis Ford Coppola. Anyway, you know, it's The Godfather. You've you've heard of it at the least. At, you, at the very least, you know it is good. Yeah, you know, the the bone-chilling, seat-rattling subwoofer not used so much in The Godfather, it turns out. Um <laughs> Not a lot of not a lot of sound, which is the difference in you know it made movies like Ghostbusters Afterlife that maybe felt like a theme park ride that much more so, and so mm-hmm. kind of more enjoyable from that standard, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, it didn't get rattled by The Godfather. What I would like is if The Godfather Two re-release did have the subwoofer track from Earthquake, which had been released the same weekend in Sense Surround. So it would shake the theater from the action going on in the next room. I would love <laughs> if that was done. <laughs> John Goodman brings uh, the Godfather <laughs> Part Two. <laughs> Yo, imagine <laughs> to a little town. <laughs> Could you imagine the two oh. actors going up to the screen to shadow cast? I knew it was you, Fredo, or whatever. Spoilers. <laughs> would love that. You can't pay for an experience like that. That's just something that needs. Be th- to be felt. <laughs> let me jump. Let me jump in real fast. <clears throat> I did manage to squeeze in one really quick movie while I was working on other stuff and just dealing with a whole slew of other crap. It's Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn. My, I actually have made a review for it on Letterbox, which I really like because, to be completely honest, I have nothing else to add on that movie. But of all the goofy ass DBZ movies. This one's probably the best. It cuts right to the chase, which is you get to see these characters at their most interesting. The animation is gorgeous. The villain looks really cool. And the um, they got not Dream Theater for the score, which is always a highlight for these movies. Every single one of these Dragon Ball Z movies has like butt metal or do they just steal? They just ask Dream Theater if they can use some of their songs. There's also a full minute of uh, Sean Shamil screaming as Goku turns Super Saiyan 3. So quite honestly, it's everything you want from one of these things. It's 50 minutes. It's for free on Archive. It looks like 2006 quality. It's perfect. Four out of five. This is on the Internet Archive? Yeah. Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn. When you're not when you don't when you're not fighting Goku and Vegeta beating the crap out of uh Janemba, the villain of the of the 50 minutes, it cuts to the the kids on earth like uh, gohan go tanks and they are fighting a bunch of evil guys from hell come back and they fight not adolf hitler at one point what <clears throat> there is a scene there's a scene where uh goten and young trunks say to each other you know what let's go super saiyan and give them a scare so they <laughs> turn super saiyan destroy hitler's army of tanks and one of his hitler's last line is ah I should have been recruiting these blue-eyed blonde <laughs> super beings. <laughs> this is in this? Yes. And this is English. How could anyone... Where... where did this ever make it over here? Yeah, it was... Uh, they did a double feature with... Uh, probably the Broly one. I don't know. 
they did a double feature with one of the other movies and i love it <laughs> it was Fucking, so good <laughs> that is beyond the beyond the beyond it's it's wonderful because even now even as i was describing the movie to you just now i couldn't believe the words pouring out of my mouth how can i be saying these things why am to. i saying these things and the answer is it rocks you know i've always felt a little fomo it, with like, these dragon ball z movies honestly the movies are where it's at uh, and the fil- the filler arcs, obviously, because you get to see Vegeta go f- look for Goku in space, and then he gets almost blown up by an asteroid, so he goes home, and that's an episode. What? <laughs> Yo, the fi- the filler episodes in in this show are just the best. I'm gonna hold to it, and this is filler too. It takes place in a week during the Majin Buu saga, where Majin Buu isn't destroying everything. It has to take place at one very specific point in time, and it's. In the middle of a very important arc. Like all Dragon Ball Z movies, only way you can slap this into continuity is by going, well, the characters probably had a few minutes a few minutes break at this time, so I guess this is when the movie happened. And then they went immediately back to fighting Cell. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just amazed by this film. Anyway, that's uh, the one thing I watched. What a contribution. <laughs> There are a couple things we wanted to talk about before we wrap up our little What You've Been Watching segment. Um, yeah. Oh, what was the first thing? The first thing was we were going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles news, but uh, we didn't talk about it the one week, and then we took the week off, and now it's ancient history. Yeah, we skipped over the second movie, and we're already on the third. It's coming up. I mean, we've seen the return of... Hey, look, no, they greenlit, no, dummy, they greenlit Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and the Knuckles TV series, and we were like, damn, we should have talked about this on the show what? two weeks ago. Oh, I am a dummy. I did. I forgot about that. Goodness gracious. <laughs> you thought I was just, I was just bringing this up for no reason. I thought, I thought it was just a bit. I thought we were doing a little laugh laugh, a yuck yuck, if you will. Oh, no. I'm afraid the dark nightmare of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is very real. Well, speaking of dark nightmare, Kevin, what did we both decide to watch at the same time? Yeah, I guess the less said about Sonic the Hedgehog 3, the better, (laughs) lest we curse the show. Um, Well, a couple weeks ago, you know, our buddies at 70mm are doing the Nolan Batman in the Mm run-up to the Black Parade. Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson will hold our hands as we all march in leather suit coats down the boulevard. <laughs> oh, wrong band. Um, down a, a Fifth Avenue, I guess, of, of Bushwick. I don't know. Anyway, look, I went ahead and revisited The Dark Knight. And my internet was out and I wanted to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the movie I watched. I, I told Jared about it. Jared started watching it, and we had an Ammonite movie night. What's an what an appropriate movie to watch at the same time, though? Of all movies, no, no big deal. One of the greatest movies of all time. You can make so many arguments for other movies doing what it does better, more competently, and you can call it heat, but with a guy in a cape. I don't care. I think this is this movie is so fun. You said it in your review, so much of what this makes what makes this movie special are all the supporting supporting characters. 
and their absurd right. lines, their accents. This thing had a real had a real interest in Russian accents, I can tell you that. These dogs are hungry. What is what is his deal? What if Javi Dent was the Caped Crusader? It's crazy. <laughs> it's not, not nothing is as crazy as uh, Marion Cotillard in Dark Knight Rises. Oh goodness. Her her entire existence in that movie is questionable. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 what's up? Um, I, <laughs> I I can't talk about it. I I got a dirty look because I was trying to say that Marion Cotillard's fake accent is crazy. Not her opinions about certain geopolitical events. Oh, I, I I'm not even touching that. Oh, I was just saying her accent was crazy. I wasn't calling her anything. I apologize. No, I really don't want you to think that way. I was just saying the accent in Dark Knight Rises is, if you heard it, you would agree it's crazy. You know, I've I've left her alone politically. <laughs> I was thinking, I saw when I saw you had rewatched uh, Rises, and I was thinking back to to that movie the first time watching it, and it was difficult. But one thing that stood out, and it was a very very big bit of sentimentality for me, is of course when Batman has mounted Bane as punching him in the skull, screaming, "Where is the detonator?" And I'm not going to imitate it because it will spike my computer and we'll have to buy a new mic. But hearing that voice howling. At a goofy guy in a silly mask, and it was like coming home. And I think that's—I'm biased, but that's kind of how I feel with the Dark Knight. It's a little like coming home. You wouldn't give it to a civilian. Where's the trigger? Where's the trigger? <laughs> My dramatic reading of that moment. <laughs> he says, "Where's the trigger?" At least one more time. Oh, and then he throws in, "Where is it? Where's the trigger?" He has a couple. He spreads okay. it out. Look, the Dark Knight has the memorable ensemble. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises is like the Museum of Idiots. Okay? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Where's Bane? <laughs> the man. What man about- they, they got a wall of Shanta ADR for him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like Todd Howard in the opening scene. What's he doing there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, isn't he Littlefinger in Game of Thrones? I think so, right? Oh, that would be crazy. It kind of looks like that guy, but he's got that, again, he's got that Todd Howard haircut. He do- it's the haircut that's really throwing me off. I need to look into that. Someone told me told me that a decade ago, and I st- I'm still like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, that it- this is yeah. our podcast, baby. We're gonna find out. What do you think, Kevin? Would you how would you rate the opening of Rises against the rest of the movie? Um, it's it's fine. It's a weird Bane scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just Bane goofing around, being weird. He's gonna do a bit. Well, would you say that it strengthens the rest of the movie, having such a great opening for this beautiful villain? Like, if you did not have that opening, would you be as invested in Bane? Uh, I'm a bad person to ask, because I love Bane. He's a camp Mm. god. Very fair. That's very fair. He's the best. I will cross this plane with no survivors. (laughs) Follow him! He shoots his, his co-worker, kicks him into the sewer. You know, uh, on The Simpsons, there's an episode where Homer um, 
He gets a job on the Itchy and Scratchy show as a hip new character called Poochie to appeal to the kids. <laughs> yes. And one of his notes to the writers was, hey, you know, whenever Poochie's not on screen, all the characters should ask, where's Poochie? <laughs> yes. And that's how I felt about about Bane. Whenever anybody's not with Bane, they're asking where he is. Just you like that one guy. You, yeah, you and uh, Roland Daggert, I think that's the character's name in this. Oh, Jesus. Funny thing, he, the Roland Daggert is a character from the comics, but what I do remember about him is that uh, he was used in the in BTAS, and he's the guy who made the Clayface stuff that made Clayface into a little mud man. Oh, wow. This is ridiculous. Where's Bane? Um, to answer your question, I believe Littlefinger was... The character is called CIA Op. Of course, one of the great names in the history of film. Right? We mm. think about all the great actresses and actors who've come before. This guy played CIA Op. Do you think CIA Op will be remembered in the same vein as King Lear? Will people be crawling over themselves <laughs> to portray CIA? I think it'll be remembered like Festa the Clown in Twelfth Night. <laughs> Kevin, I have no that's, idea. That's the most about. obscure character I I got. <laughs> God, this show got goofy. <laughs> anyway, I uh, you know I love the Dark Knight. Batman yeah. Begins is a great movie. The Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises um, does enough right to wrap it up okay. Yeah, you can tell that there was there was no, there was no gas in the car by that point, but he's still allowed to make that movie so. Man, when they announced, I won't spoil it, but when Joseph Gordon-Levitt learns his true name, mm, that's a bad movie right there. That's a really bad movie. That's that's called, I don't want to do this anymore, please let me work on Interstellar. Which I yeah, think... that's called Studio Wanted a Sequel Hook. Interstellar was his next movie, right? That is correct. This was a movie that he made in exchange to do Interstellar. I believe, but I could be wrong. Chris Nolan, you got to come on the show. That's what we're talking about here. What's he even doing nowadays? He is working on a biopic of Robert Oppenheimer, starring uh, the cowboy Sam Elliott hates Benedict Cumberbatch as Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, he can take a few minutes out. I'd love to hear his opinions. I'd love to hear his thoughts on uh, the creation of The Dark Knight Rises. Can we get him in to discuss the double feature will be Monkey Bone? And, um, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, what's oh, I, d- I didn't, I didn't come with a second one prepared. Oh crap. <laughs> Tell you what we'll have, we'll have Chris Nolan on the show. We'll have him do a very special double feature. It'll be monkey bone with Brendan <laughs> Frazier. And I know we've talked about options here. But it would be, I believe, whatever the the Empire State, the Andy Warhol, where it's 24 hours of the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend yeah. to have watched that with Christopher Nolan. <laughs> what do you think he'd have to say about it? Oh, he would just, would just drive him slowly mad while keeping him for 24 hours, because that's how long the movie is. And on our show, we watch the movies, so. Mm-hmm. That'll be our, di- it's a. Anytime he starts whining, we whisper, shh, there's a Davy Jones rule. Yeah, Davy Jones rule, baby. And also another 90-minute movie on top of it. So mm-hmm. this is how the show works, Chris. 
Don't ask questions. I was told not to ask questions before Tenet. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> um, we're talking about the Dark Knight, right? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Rises... The, the thing about Dark Knight Rises also is how could you have followed up the Dark Knight anyway? felt like no one wanted to try to do that, you know? It's kind of just... It encapsulates everything the Nolan version of Batman is about. Really, there's what is there left to say? Even The Dark Knight Rises, anything it could have tried to communicate was just, okay, we, pull, we pulled these storylines from the comics for Batman Begins, that might work again. What'd they do? They, it, was like, it was like No Man's Land, pseudo Dark Knight Returns, but, most, but all the movies nowadays are just The Dark Knight Returns. But That's true. Younger. Will there ever not be? It, it looks a outlook not so good. Yeah. As it turns out, people really like when Batman is a brutal fascist who grumbles about vengeance and beats the living shit out of people. Curious. It's almost as if these people should just watch The Punisher and let other people write Batman who want to write about a cool dude who's kind of weird in a cave. Curious. Interesting. We'll just have to settle for the Adam West movie. Oh, my favorite. It is the best. Is it still streaming? Do you happen to remember that? I I don't... Excuse me. I don't know off the top of my head. Hang on. Uh, oh, well. How excited am I for Matt Reeves? You know, it's as long as The Godfather, which, again, I saw over the weekend. So it has to be as good as The Godfather to be that long. Mm-hmm. This movie is a couple minutes longer than The Godfather. So... Goodness. Let's see. I mean, I'm excited about it because Warner seems to be okay with pushing it as a Batman and not like mm-hmm. a definitive vision, which is how all of these should have been since Tim Burton, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm here for it. Let's see. I'm going sa- again Saturday morning, hell or high water. I'll be there and we'll see you next week. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to see it for a little bit. I prefer i i uh not i don't feel like visiting theaters anytime soon just because sure. i'm safety reasons and also I'm not the biggest theater guy but you know i will i will require a full report i need detail by detail i need to know when and what and how when he was a young boy his father would take him to the city to see a marching band that's how yeah, they're gonna yeah. start it off um he said son will you oh what the hell is it will you lead the uh, marching of the damned or whatever my god kevin have you ever considered that similar to the simpsons eventually we're going to have thomas and martha wayne the the millennials how the hell haven't they done that yet isn't wasn't gotham about this um i don't remember i can't use my computer without shutting everything off and ruining the show so well mm. no i mean ah mm. There should there should have been something by now that was like Sex in the City in the sixties or seventies Gotham called Sincerely Martha Wayne, where it's like a medical drama and got like a sexy thing. Uh, like what are we doing? Sincerely Martha Wayne. It should have came and went already. Wasn't that a wasn't that called Marvel's Troubles about Aunt May fucking everything in sight? No, but that was a comic. This is <laughs> like. It's it's different. It's tooled for the audience. <laughs> Kevin, how would you feel if Troubled got made into a Disney Plus feature? It would be awesome. 
It would be so sick, and no one would know how to handle it. Aunt May would finally have a character in the MCU, and it's trouble. You know what the scary part is? It would pretty much take place two years prior to Homecoming, because she's, like, our age. Peter Parker would just be living... (laughs) Yes, Kevin? Marissa Tomei... Man, you're you're on another level with this right now that I can't even comprehend. <laughs> just oof. I just I just really like what's her name who played in the Raimi movies. Rosemary Harris. I just think Rosemary Harris is perfect. I think Aunt May should be uh, an old bird getting saved by young men like him. Whatever. I watched it. We did it on Austin Powers. Uh, we did it on Austin Danger podcast this week. Mm-hmm. And man, does it stick out like a sore thumb now looking at all these like well-realized characters. What a concept. It's like, wow, Aunt May in 30 seconds is a full character. There's, there doesn't need to be any jokes about how she looks or acts or sounds. She's just a whole character because her husband's trying to replace a light bulb. And her, uh, and her nephew Michelangelo over here. Just can't seem to show up to paint in time. Wow. Does any Marvel movie, I challenge anyone, amntpod at gmail.com, does any Marvel movie after Avengers, um, okay, wait, let's say specifically after Civil War, is there a movie with that level of immediate emotion and setup without it being like, uh, you know, a total joke. Ammonite Nation, rise up. Tell me. And, tell me. Because I have not watched these movies. And don't come to me and say anything in Far From Home, because the entire point of Far From Home was to pull your nostalgia strings and fool you into thinking that the Spider-Man stuff was as good. This is really bad. <laughs> Kevin, are you a Mysterio fan? Uh, I don't want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Let's say... We transition into the movies we watched. What if we talked about the movies we watched? What a concept. Let's, what a concept. Let's start out with with uh, Mont- Monty Hellman's family-friendly opus, Iguana. The st- movie he loved to make. Starring Everett McGill and a young Michael Madsen, which threw me for a loop. He was crazy. I couldn't believe. I was, I was really weird to hear Michael Madsen without like him putting on like... like gruff, quiet, I'm doing a Tarantino film voice. So, I know how I feel about this movie, and I am i was very much into it. I like Mont Hellman, I like Everett McGill, and I like this kind of horrifying, dark subject matter. Kevin, what did you think of uh, Iguana? Um, it was alright. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I, I don't really have a lot of strong emotions about it. Sure. I enjoyed watching it. I like Everett McGill, of course. We're big fans mm-hmm. of his. We love Big Ed. Obviously, from his appearance in David Lynch's Dune. Mm. But I don't know. I just I couldn't engage with it. I don't know why. That's fair. It's... It, 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 it does also help that the movie was apparently cut down by someone who did not understand English mm. and couldn't really follow the movie except for the edict that movies had to be less than 90 minutes. Uh, what ver- what version did you watch? Did you watch I the 88-minute one? I believe I watched the 88-minute version. I'm not 100% sure. 
because uh, they did re- they did eventually re-edit and release the complete version later on, and it's 148 minutes or something like that. Whoa! Yeah, and it makes and it's a wonder. It's wonderful. It makes so much more sense than I could imagine. 88 of this. Do you have that? Because I would actually love to watch that. Gladly, I'll send it. I'll send it to you uh, in a few, in a few minutes. That like, sounds good. Yeah. I'm very curious now. Like, what did they cut out? Hmm. Well, give me your. Give me what. I want to hear what you have to say first, because I could probably prattle on for a few minutes about iguana. I'm all here for Jared prattling. Oh damn. Because I don't know. It's like I don't really have a lot to say. I loved the makeup and the way that the makeup changed over the course of the movie, <laughs> and you could see it change in the shots. I liked. Um, let's see. I I did not expect the last act of this movie and the twists it took. Mm. It's like what 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 like what. Uh, uh, what is going uh, on? Uh, uh, it just gets weirder and darker and more distressing to watch. Yeah. I <clears throat> One thing that stuck out to me is I had to go back and like I had to like, you know, scrub through a few times just like to revisit certain things cuz the whole movie is overwhelming. But the mm, let me get her name up real fast. Uh Carmen, the the woman that he eventually takes on as a concubine. Right. The, the only time you ever break from Oberlus, making sure I don't say Orpheus, the only time you ever break from uh, Ob- Oberlus's uh, point of view is to see what Carmen's up to at the very start. And you get to see that, like, she's as she's as disliked as he is for completely different reasons. He's right. this physical defor- He has a physical deformity that makes him, like, makes no one like him. And she's just sexually adventurous. And... The constant comparing the two that's, you know, for a man, you have to be a disfigured m- m- menace. And for a woman, you just have to have agency. Right. Uh, was a, oh, oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's a very, I, I, very dark, dark truth to speak. <laughs> wow. I feel like I did. I feel like I did Iguana a deep disservice. Give it another watch. It's it's so worth your time. It's there's it's one of the it's you'd have to experience it. The visual the visual aspects, right. how the the over the lapping of the waves with and Everett McGill's like calm deep voice, it really lulls you into this sense of peace and calm despite everything in this movie being so distressing you just feel everything in your body at at active unease at every moment another thing that you said um you can connect with it right yeah i feel like it was more me yeah. i couldn't find the right time to watch it over the course of the week if i'm being sure. honest not some some movie critic ah. i am i understand the joy of the joy of doing this for fun kevin is that we're having fun and that's what we're here for here to do look i was always told that if you had fun you won exactly granted i'd never gotten to i never gotten first place but i had fun damn it now i want i did want to say the one thing that threw me off about this movie the most is the it has no sense of time and it works in favor of the movie but it also throws things off in a way where it's a little hard to gauge things until the end where you realize oh 
she got pregnant between two scenes. And then you look back at the rest of the movie and think, oh, and the rest of the movie is probably like this too. Stuff is just happening. And, you know, you go from, you go from the, my, my Michael Madsen showing up and he's being threatened to cut, you know, he's getting threatened, he's going to cut his fingers off if he doesn't obey. Next right. time you see him, he's unchained and following Everett McGill of his own volition. And he, he shows he's missing fingers, but it really gives off the sense that time just passes. You don't need to see the violence. His overwhelming personality makes everyone his subject. This, hmm. this kind of like has nothing nice to say about the creation of civilization. Just have to take someone angry enough and hateful enough to build a kingdom. He's also not that. I mean, mm. I didn't think it was so bad. What? His lizard face. I mean, I guess back. I bet. I guess back then, to like people who read the Bible and had nothing else to read, it probably meant. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was probably horrible. Yeah. Like. The movie is very, the movie gives like, gives enough room for you to understand and feel bad for this guy, but it never excuses his horrific actions. Like from the very start, right. from the very start, they make fun of him and he throws a harpoon near the guy's head as a threat. I'm not saying anything is warranted, but he could have not done that. But this movie just right. is pretty much just, he is a product of the abuse of his environment, but he's also not helping his case very much. Right. Then the movie has that has that end. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was like, there's no fuck there's no way. Absolutely no way. And it just ends like that. Jesus Christ. He loves the sea, but he hates ships. The sea makes everything seem so small. That's right. What a what a crazy what a, did you just randomly you're just looking up Everett McGill's wiki and you found this? It was one of those things that had been I'd seen going around like my the people I follow on film Twitter and stuff, and I saw it was Mont Hellman. I said, Okay. This jumped higher on my list. Oh, Big Ed is the main character. I really want to watch this. And I figure, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Kevin watch it too. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like I gave it short shrift in my mind because I just had trouble connecting with it when I was watching it. But I, I think it's Kevin's fault, not Iguana's fault. Hey, shit happens. We're living, we're living our busy, busy lives. I do, I do encourage you revisiting it. <laughs> I did watch all of House of Gucci. I um, ask impolitely for you to revisit it now. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Because there is a lot there that I really, um, you know, there is a lot there that I enjoyed. Everett McGill's great. Mm-hmm. The whole cast is just fantastic. I wish also that I had been able to see it with subtitles because the version on YouTube only has, like, I believe they're Portuguese, mm-hmm. which doesn't really work. Auto auto translate worked fairly well for me. I, I We use the same link. It did okay. It worked fairly well for me. I had to use it because sometimes their accents got a little garbled. Everett McGill can't decide if he wants to speak like Big Ed or throw in a little twinge every so often. It's a little confusing. But no, definitely give it a go. Definitely give it another go. It's uh, it's quite the movie. Yeah, it's just so uncomfortable. Oh yes. (laughs) 
and maybe that's part of it for me is like it was just like did you watch it on wait you didn't watch it on your own did you i did okay okay good oh no i good no (laughs) good (laughs) no because this is a movie i would never want to sit down with another person and watch this is too much no not at all i wanted to wanted to praise the real fast just the visuals i loved loved the island that craggy, craggy landscape that pretty much looks exactly like <laughs> Orbalus himself. All the waves. Yeah. It's oh, just just this wonderful backdrop to the most unsettling handful of scenes you could possibly endure. I'm going to go up 4.5 out of 5. It's not perfect, but I really liked, wow. I really liked it. It's... A diamond, diamond from Jerry. Yeah, this one, uh, I like it for its simplicity. I liked it for everything I could pull from it, for its visuals, and of course, Big Ed. That's awesome. I'm giving it a preliminary 3.5. I could see that there's a great movie in there. I feel like I will enjoy it more when I give it space and time that it deserves. Mm. And, uh... Love Big Ed. Love the way it looks. Again, the locations were incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely wild story. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was... Um, with an ending that I will never forget. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Needless to say. So, well, that is Iguana. The door is closed. No, it's not. I put my foot in. So, uh, I can make you rewatch it. Oh, make right. You I have to go back it. and watch yeah. it. Well, I'll bullet... I'll bully you. Well, my I'll is... bully you into it, and we'll do a little. Uh, what do you call it? What have you been watching? Throw it in at some point. An apology episode. <laughs> Go men si, everyone. Number one hundred and five. Apology number one hundred and five, folks. Last week, etc. So, how about Robert Odenkirk and his attempt to be John Wick, Liam Neeson, and also Mister Show, all in one? Let me tell you. You know. I thought, won't I pick nobody? Won't it be fun? Won't it be a blast? Won't it be neat to see Bob? Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like the John Wick stuff was going to be cringe as fuck. And the further we got into it, the more comfortable I'd be with it. Um, I was right. Mm -hmm. Um, And look, we had to watch this. We had to get it over with. It's we were both going to see it, so that's why I picked it. It's one of those movies that you'll see it eventually. Why not now? It's one of those that, like, you know, maybe this will be the case in, like, three years. But these movies used to be on all the time on, like, Saturday afternoons. This this will be, like, Con Air. Maybe. <laughs> the back of a, I don't the think back of a jet blue I don't airplane. Think... Luxury environment. I don't think it's as amazing as Con Air, perhaps. It's not like it's it's fine. It doesn't come around to bad good. Mm-hmm. And it's but it's not bad. It somehow manages to have Bob Odenkirk deliver a, an impressive performance, especially considering it's taken meets American beauty for the first part. It's true. But it's also a, it's also very clearly a satire of movies where an angry dad cuts loose right there's there's a scene towards the end where christopher lloyd is his father who's also a murdering maniac 
it, the way it's oh the way God. it's framed. He just sort of kicks a door open and turns around and starts shooting his shotgun. It felt like I was it felt like I was it was a prank being pulled. I felt like I was in a satire. Every scene, if you threw in a laugh track and like you know had a fun transition, a creative transition, it could have just been a sketch comedy based around these very well worn ideas. The first couple times they went back to Chris Lloyd, I was like, what the hell are we doing here? Why are we coming back to... Oh. Because mm-hmm. you knew it was going to have to happen. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, when it did, it was great and super funny. And Chris Lloyd is... You know, he's present. Mm-hmm. He was a... They paid for him to be there, and he arrived on time. There's a scene where... Do you have an, Are you out? And, like, Christopher Lloyd lifts his shotgun, and he's like, cracks, and he's like, I'm all out! <laughs> you know, I heard him on Marin over the whenever the movie was coming out. He did Mark Marin's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the house that Sam Elliott destroyed, <laughs> WTF. But um, goodness gracious! But but he was talking as if this character had like elements to it with stuff going on. So for the last year, I'm like, oh, but the dad is going to be crazy, and then the dad just did an action beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know I took a vacation from it. I retired. Breakfast, swimming, and a nap. But I missed this. And then he shoots um, a foreigner in the face. <laughs> Wild movie to watch. It's just, what if what if uh, Craig S. Zoller directed American Beauty? There we go. That's my pitch for this. Oh, my God. <laughs> the sequel to Dragged Across Concrete. Nobody. I think it's, you know, I, I wasn't expecting Shakespeare or whatever. No. But in retrospect, you know, my biggest pet peeve of this year, this is unrelated to nobody, but you'll get the connection. Mm-hmm. My biggest pet peeve of the year was people saying that Pig was supposed to be like John Wick. Now, maybe you thought that, look, the marketing lets lead you to believe that. Mm. Okay. No wonder they thought it was like that after this movie that is literally Saul Goodman is John Wick. Yeah, that's the bit, right? That's the but, joke. You know, I do like also like I, and I give points for the old school nature of the movie. Like, oh, this guy who was on TV. Now it's the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's not Saul Goodman. He's whatever his name is. He's nobody. He's Guy Feynman or whatever. His Chuck name is. FBI. It doesn't matter. Chuck FBI man. And his father, Mr. FBI Man. Yeah, that's great. Mr. <laughs> FBI Man was my father. That would be a great gag. No, um, but you know what I mean. Like, he came up with the idea of, like, well, what if I was in an action movie? And I was like this. Mm-hmm. And um, the way it all came around in a very old school way was pretty cool. I like when he lined the dead Russian, three dead and one incapacitated Russians up on his couch and talked to them for a little while. That was extremely The good. running bit of him wanting to do a monologue and at people running away, sleeping or dying before he can do it, so he has to incapacitate them and line them up on his couch to talk to them. I liked that. It isn't like the the comedy is you know, there's a layer of it that you have to have in this concept. Yeah. Um and that stuff's okay. But then the real the real meaty comedy like this is quite. Oh good. yeah, it's very clearly a parody of John Wick. They even got the that funny thing is they even got the writer for the John Wick movies to do this. 
I want to. I wish I was there for that for that meeting. Like, just do John Wick, but kind of make fun of it. Just like poke fun. What if it was an old guy who was kind of like you know past his prime? Just what? We'll do it like that. And you know, by the end of it, you don't even know what the plot it is anymore because you lost it because you're having fun. Yeah. At the at the ends, all three of them come together. Thanks, boys. We had a good time. <laughs> now get out of here before they catch you. Oh my god, and the end. The end. The final scene. Do you think anyone will care if we spoil this movie? Look, if you haven't seen it, it's been two years. What? No. Yeah, nobody came out. Oh, I guess it's only been one year. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Folks, it's, on, it's been on HBO Max for a month. And if you listen to this show, you've known about it. Um, so go watch it. Look, if you're thinking about watching Free Guy, watch this instead. I'll put it that way. And... uh We'll drop spoilers in three, two, one. Okay, the very end where he gets that call from the broker's uh, phone and just turns to, do you have a basement? Like, what, what, like, that call was so serious and you could see the, def- the, the deflation on his face and immediately just, hey, can we have a place to hide? Are we, we're going to do this again. This isn't going to end. It feels like it's meant to be, it's comedic beat, but it's just, that's not funny. That's just, holy shit. It rocks. It's corny though. It is very corny. It's the same kind of, oh no, 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 but that's very good. Okay. We're talking positively. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was just It was the good, it worked really well. Like I, I cannot comprehend not taking that as a joke. Like taking that seriously just feels like, no, this is. We're making fun of this. We're having a little, we're having a yuck yuck. It's Bob Odenkirk. I I put up with a lot because it was Bob. Mm -hmm. So it was like stuff that usually reads, you know, maybe in an 80s action movie would read okay, but in a new movie would be too much or too cheesy, like Mm -hmm. a sequel hook like that at the end or stuff like that. I was like, okay, well, it's just part of it because this is Bob doing John Wick. It's not supposed to be uh, Bloodsport 5 or Best of the Best 5 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's better. Not that best of the best five would be high cinema, actually. But anyway. <laughs> it's, about a guy, it's about a guy who Kevin Kevin McAllistered his way into kicking everyone's ass. There was a several cannons that shot shot metal rods at his enemies, which I was very excited to see happen, and it was perfect in action. Really enjoyed like the the gadgets and gizmos in this. The one where he he puts he puts like the gun he puts like the um God, I don't even know what you call it. He pretty much just puts it, puts a little trap against the door, and it shoots straight through the door into the guy's head behind it. I like that, crushing the grenade so it blows up. Just little creativity, which makes sense because it's a hardcore Henry guy, and he's that movie was fun as hell. Right, the movie's fun as hell. <laughs> what else do I have about nobody? I don't know. I'm, are you, but yeah, I'm, are you getting kind of sick of these kind of movies? Um, am I getting sick of John, like John Wick, one man army, yeah, one man army, John Wick type? Here's here's the problem with them is that you know this will become a universe and it will be like COVID has made the wait for John Wick twice as long as it would have been mm-hmm. because they would have been it would have been out already because the Matrix and John Wick were coming out last June originally like on the same day or thereabout. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So as a result, I don't know how I feel about a John Wick universe because it's truly been three years. And, uh, you know, where is it? I feel like when it's time for everything to drop, it's going to all drop at once. And then it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, that's the that seems to be what's happening nowadays. Look at, yeah, look at Marvel. I mean, seems to be just a big I like the, stuff off at the... It's been three years since Parabellum? Yeah, yeah. John Wick... John Wick Parabellum was uh, 2019. What? Great what movie. What year is it? Sarah? Great question. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, uh, I'm i not so tired. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love John Wick. I absolutely love John Wick, and I love The Raid and Dread, mm. and I really enjoyed this movie. Mm. Um. If they're not going to go full parody with it, though, I don't know how I feel because it'll just be another one of these where you could really set it apart. The humor in this movie, um, while not obvious, it's actually turned out to be give it a nice corny edge that worked. Mm-hmm. It, this is what it has over, you know, you can't make a The Raid where any of the funny shit in this happens. Mm-mm. That, that Those movies are stone cold action. Similar to John Wick 1 to 2, there's going to be a nobody 2. It needs to lean into its strengths. Kind of like how John Wick 2 just upped the ante in every single way. Nobody needs to lean into the humor of this. I mean, what's it? uh, John McClane says it himself. How can the same shit happen to the same guy? Or I'm paraphrasing. It needs to play on that. Like, how the hell does this keep happening? Yeah, I agree. I think it's like... Oh, what am I gonna say, Jared? I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. I'm like totally spaced out. No, no, no. Um, what they don't need to do, I'll tell you right now, is start to build a complicated ensemble of about six characters you've never seen before, all of whom have detailed backstories in relation to the main character, so you could spin them off later if they're popular enough. Not gonna work, John Wick. John Wick, it only works for John Wick because they're all like they're all martial artists or figures that are like just familiar faces, and that's cool. With nobody, it's like the only way I'd be down for that is if David Cross is the bad guy of the next one and he has to fight Odenkirk hand to hand combat. Oh, that would be fucking awesome. Right? That's the only way this can end. <laughs> that's that is the only way this can end. This is the that's the only way that can continue. So I'm going to start pitching this to you. Uh, David Cross is his old FBI buddy, his old partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. and where Odenkirk decided to settle down and live a normal life. Cross, of course, had to become a, a crime boss. Or he had to become, um, I don't know, uh, a KGB agent. I don't know. He's against Mr. Nobody. And they need to just escalate and escalate until they're just CGIing these two these two old men kicking the crap out of each other. Just heavy editing. You cannot see that it's David Cross punching Bob. Or punching. With little little quotes. Anyway, the build-up was to be um uh David Cross's character would be um his uh code name would be Mr. Show. That was my build-up, and I didn't get there, because, uh... I didn't. That's not bad. That's the kind of thing... Yeah, yeah, sure. 
I mean, by the third one, they're going to be, it's going to be all of that. Gosh. Just weird, just weird in jokes for people who like sketch comedies from the nineties and early two thousands. Finally, my movie. <laughs> this is what you were born to watch, Kevin. This is why you're here. That, that movie is getting a five star automatically for me for the record. Oh yeah. I'll probably give it, I'll probably, I'm going to start on a five, on a 4.5. They'll win me over. I'm sure there'll be good action. For the Mr. Show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll win you over. <laughs> Nobody v. Mr. Show. Dawn of sketch comedy. I don't know. Death of sketch comedy, more <laughs> There we go. Good Lord. <laughs> we can have... All right. Can have the co- the poster can be a Freddy v. Freddy vs. Jason, where they're both making the same face. David Cross is stretching his mouth out, just ah! extending his angry hands. Oh, that'd be so good. The character posters that would come out of that. Oh, man. Get, uh, you know, you get Bob, you know, Bob, that legendary nobody pose, mm-hmm. right? And you got David and you got who else would, who would be in the supporting Chris cast? Chris Lloyd. Retta. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. What's Rizzo? Chris Lloyd returning, right? Um, um, who would be, I said Retta. Mm. <gasps> Brian Cranston. Oh yeah, I guess so. Huh. Yeah, I guess so. That'd be kind of funny. Dave would be, Dave Cross would be the mid boss. To Brian Cranston's mm. true enemy character. That is a very, very, very good idea, actually. I think that needs to happen. It needs to exist. And of course, uh, John, much hype is made when Giancarlo Esposito joins the cast in what is ultimately a half a minute cameo that is much is made of on Instagram the week it happens. <laughs> it's, it's true. I'm just... This is just, it was funny and now it's distressing because I'm getting images projected to my brain from the future and I've already seen all this happen. They're going to have, they're going to have more people from Breaking Bad show up as well. Aaron Paul. Yeah. What's, what's RJ Mitty doing? I think, wasn't he in, uh, I I think he was in Moonfall. (laughs) Oh man. What's the, what's the name of the guy who's, um, he was in Breaking Bad. He had red hair and he shot the child. Are you talking about Academy Award nominee uh, 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 Plemons, Jesse Plemons? Yeah, I want I want him to I want him and uh, Bob Odenkirk to fight. Oh my god, um, I'm cutting all this talk. <laughs> I feel so bad. Uh, the kid in the kid in Moonfall was not fucking R.J. Min. <laughs> Um, for many reasons, all of them medical. I feel terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Edit, edit around that as best you can. I just wanted you to know. I needed you to know. Okay. Okay. That's a good call. Good Lord. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about nobody before we go back into what's going to be in the pod? Uh, no, no regrets. No regrets. I'm ready to bring it home. All right. Bring it on home, Kevin. All right. So Jared, some final thoughts from you on nobody and a score. It was fun. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm right? sick of these movies, but the fact that it was very clearly a satire, but it wasn't, it didn't let, it didn't tell you it's a satire. You just sort of had to sit there and think to yourself for a little while. I liked that a lot. Uh, Odenkirk turns in a great performance. And honestly, that bus fight was really good. I, it was excellent. I, I, um, I'm so used to movies like being a lot more fast paced. I expected like when he got kicked out of um, the window and he fell and all of them are inside commiserating like, oh, crap, what how bad do I look? And they're all just talking to each other. And Bob 
gets up and starts walking away. I figured, okay, that's the end of the scene. He got his he got his kicks. Then he gets back on the bus and can use the kick the crap out of them even more. That was really nice. Mm-hmm. I liked that so much. Just more absurd violence, including a scene which I cannot think about. With um, otherwise, it makes me unhappy with the straw and the neck. Oh, that was fucked uh, up. No, it's <laughs> so good. It's terrifying. And one last bit to mention for the action. When uh, he puts the uh, shield, when he has the shield up and the land and the landmine and blows up the Russian. That's an Arnie move. That's an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing right there. Like his arm would be in, would be just be torn up. But that's an Arnie thing. And I like it. That's true. God bless. Uh, three and a half. Yeah, you know, um, I echo a lot of your feelings about it. A three and a half from here as well. Mm-hmm. thought it was pretty entertaining, a good kind of send-up of these. Um, I I think that while I am getting tired of the one-man vengeance story, mm-hmm. uh, I am not sick of starring vehicles for famous TV actors at a mid-budget range. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe these kinds of movies maybe let's get less of but these kinds of movies mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah um more of we're getting a lot of things this last couple of years that are indicative of the kinds of things we need more of but not exactly that mm-hmm. um um and and nobody is the latest in them like free guy i thought was like we need these movies to exist but it doesn't mean they're great hmm. you can't you can't how do you judge something how do you judge something to be good without having something to judge it against? Things don't exist in a sure. vacuum. You need right variety. You need mid-budget, low-budget. You need to see And for the movie. record, mm-hmm. and for the record, I thought that Free Guy was de- was okay. Mm-hmm. And I thought nobody was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need movies like, you know, original enough ideas with actors that you know, we need movies, and this is... Like Iguana. Something like that. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. They are exactly the same. I knew it. Same kind of... Same movie right, right there. <laughs> the book is closed. Interesting week. Uh, again, next week I will issue my apology. so stay tuned for that. Reeling. Good. Oof. I like that. Reeling from it. Mm-hmm. It's coming. I know it's coming. I just have to do the thing. Uh, Jared, would you like to flip the coin? And I counted. I I, uh, called it last week. So Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Dent. Move aside. I'm driving. Heads. Heads. So I decided to pick a movie that you have seen and you've been encouraging me to watch for a while. Uh It's from our favorite poker player, Paul Schrader, First Reformed. Hey, we're going to get reformed. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I love Schrader. A star is formed. What a what a disturbing mediation on our changing world and its impact on us, our relationships with other people, and our minds. What a wonderful time to watch First Reformed. Oh, man, I'm already excited to give this a five out of five. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, I believe you're going to love it. That's great. Well, I went in the complete opposite direction. Oh, <laughs> So I was going through the Criterion channels leaving in March thing. And I found a movie that I could not believe 
Um, this was the directorial debut of Jim Jarmusch's DP, Tom DeCilio. Mm-hmm. Hope I'm getting that right. Listen to this cast. Okay, not in order. Tina Louise, Nick Cave, Catherine Keener, Sam Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, and Brad Pitt in Johnny Suede, which is basically about friend of the show basketball. (laughs) It is about a guy with a pompadour who is the size of his head, and it's kind of about his life. It it, it reads, some of these reviews read like it's one of these kind of do-nothing Jarmusch indies from the period. Mm -hmm. Um, but also the hair, I couldn't resist. So what, wait, what's the name? What's it called? Oh, it's called Johnny Suede. I oh, I, pff, I thought you were saying a character's name. That is my bad. I am. Goodness gracious. Brad Pitt. All right. Let me, I'm going to see how long this is. 97 minutes. Sick. Swick. 97 minutes. It's the complete opposite of first performance. I'm so excited for the whiplash involved. Oh, God. It is going to be crazy. All right. So um, just a reminder, in two weeks, we're going to the Grindhouse. And next week, we are, oh, boy, we're doing first reformed and Johnny Suede, which I got to tell you, I'm, you know, I try to keep my ideas even here, but I think there's one movie we're going to be talking about a way more than Johnny Swade. <laughs> First reformed, of course, the Sonic the Hedgehog of its time. Um, a detailed, well-thought-out defense for Salad. I might watch the card counter, because I've been told that those are kind of uh, companion pieces in a way. They are very similar in some ways. Yeah, that's true. To be fair, that's except that is that is Paul Schrader for you. Except, I will say that there is no one as out of place in First Reformed as Tiffany Haddish is in um, Card Counter. Card Counter. She's in a different. All respect to her. I'm glad she did it. God bless. <laughs> um, but she is in a different movie. <laughs> she may be in First Reformed. No kidding. No, no, she's not actually in First Reformed. Get my hopes I'm just up. saying that she's she's in such a different movie. She may as well be in First Reformed. She came in from. I can't make a joke because I don't. I have not seen the movie yet. St- tune in next time. I might well, remember to finish that thought. What a mystery! This is the point of the show, folks. You never know what you're going to get, and uh, that's why every Friday we bring you into our land of mystery. We're gonna we're. We're going to pull a name out of the hat, but first you guys have to go in the hat. You're in it. I'm in it. We're in it. Folks, have a wonderful night. Have a great weekend, everybody. Say goodnight, Jared. Goodnight, Jared. We, as always, are Ammonite Inc. Peace and love, and we'll talk to you next week.